Photo by Andrew Wireless on Pexels.com Photo by Pixabay on Pexels.com Photo by Pixabay on Pexels.com Photo by Mikey Dabro on Pexels.com Photo by Jovitas Pinkavicius on Pexels.com Photo by Adil on Pexels.com I was just seven when I first encountered Jim Morrison in the doors. Light My Fire was big on the rock music scene, and I had a transistor radio which I carried around with me. WABC played all the popular songs and Light My Fire climbed high on the charts, reaching number three and staying there for weeks. I could know nothing of Jim, who was some 13 years older than me. I remember hearing Hello, I Love You and considering IT simple and childish, especially when compared with Jumping Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones and Sunshine of Your Love by Eric Clapton. I was not too impressed by the doors and thought nothing of them until many years later. At a month shy of 30 I had a major breakdown, and within three months I was in a day center. There I met music moguls WHO just happened to have schizophrenia. They taught me a lot about rock. I listened to LA Woman, became familiar with weird scenes inside the gold mine, the soft parade, and the lulling rhythms of the end. I had written off the doors too soon, I realized. Then began years of studying their history and music. I was fascinated by Jem, whom I consider to be something of a lyric poet and amateur shaman. Dash. Dash. And then I read why he had named the band, the doors. He considered IT an allusion to different types of perception. We were in the rooms of this world, he believed, and there were doors that LED to other worlds. His music was a way of providing a path into these worlds. The drugs and alcohol that finally killed him were conduits for perception. My first novel, Climbing Toward November, was written fly-by-night and I didn't really think about what I was writing. But my subconscious was working its own magic. Some early chapters were about hanging a door on the room where I lived. There was trouble doing that. The represented to me security, safety, warmth, enclosure, privacy. Again, for some years I did not think of doors too much. There was a marriage, which I chronicled in pause in the Western rhythm, and there was so much difficulty in IT I could not think of alternate perceptions. I was in a box of an apartment. Whenever I turned the knob on the front door he would bellow at me. Greater than where are you going? What are you doing? Sometimes he would block me from going out, sometimes he would run after me and bring me home. The closed, secure, locked door had turned on me. IT no longer represented freedom within, my own protected sacred space. IT had become a source of control, entrapment and imprisonment. I have come to the point where I come and go freely. I walk through the rooms of the apartment, the rooms are open or curtained, the doorways give passage from one place to the other. But I consider IT only partial liberty. I know now that doorways are pathways to the unknown, to the future, to some kind of freedom. But to me, it is necessary to walk back and forth amid the rooms and doorways, to experience the change in reality without fear of being locked in or locked out. I have a muse, her name is Naive. Naive, pronounced Neve, is the Gaelic word for fairy. My Naive sprung from my subconscious. She is a young woman, tall and slender, with long blonde flyaway hair and blue eyes full of anger and unmitigated contempt for anything and anybody false. Naive had a hard life. She was brought up in the foster system and lived in a halfway house. Her life is a life of scars and tenacious survival. Like a fairy, she travels where she wills, untethered. Like a fairy, any hint of entrapment is met with vicious defiance. She is formidable, uncontrollable. She is my creativity, imagination, my stories, my memory and vision. She needs me to do the work, but I cannot do the work without her inspiration. We work together, when we work at all, and she will tolerate no bullshit from me. That is why, when, some days ago, I lay in my room thinking that marriage might not be so bad, after all, that Sharif might actually be a good guy, 
I was startled and dismayed to have the mental vision of a big white door slamming in my face. The door, in my mind, had been half open for some time, waiting for me to walk through IT. My acceptance of a less than ideal situation had caused someone to slam the door shut. And I knew it was naive. So I banged on the door and pleaded with her to give me another chance. Then I turned the knob and pushed the door halfway open. There was a bright room there, filled with golden light. Naive was there, in cut-off shorts and sneakers, working at a computer, busy and totally absorbed. There were some helper fairies around her. I could see the room, the activity, the bright golden light. The door is half open now. Naive grimly allows me to watch as she works. I cannot think, for one second, that acceptance is an option. I must walk through that door. But there is a long hallway in front of it, and all Naive asks is that I keep my choices open as I wrestle with my love of security, and my knowledge that we all must walk through doors into new realities before our time is up. Sometimes doors are locked or stuck and have to be pried open. Sometimes the doorway is so wide we don't know when we are walking through them. And so I maintain that our hearts may take refuge behind closed doors, but we must be careful that we are not imprisoned. A half-open door ensures we are not totally trapped and we can see beyond our current situation. Greater than and Jesus spoke of doors. Behold I stand at the door and knock. If anyone open IT, I will come in, and I will sup with them, and they will sup with me. 40.8447819-73.864826